Hello, welcome to the Daily Cron for Monday, June 24th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. It's Movie Monday, so let's talk about some anime for a change. I don't even know if I've really talked much about anime on this podcast, but it's one of my uh, my hobbies, if you can call watching <laughs> TV a hobby. But uh, I really enjoy anime. I was a member of, and you're probably going to laugh out loud when you hear this, I was a member of the anime club at Drexel University when I was a student there. And that's where I actually got my primary introduction to anime. I'd watched a little bit before uh, that when I was in the 90s. Uh, Toonami, I think, was in. Like the, There was some TV anime, I believe, back in the 90s, too. And I watched some of there. But it wasn't until I got to the actual anime club, and I got, a, I got access to like the, the expensive DVDs of different, different anime. Got, ex- got to expose a lot of stuff, and it really made me much more passionate about it and ever since I've been watching all kinds of shows. Um and man, it, it it's like a golden age for anime. It has been for years now actually. Because uh I remember back then we used to have to scrounge for a budget. We used to ask the school for money because we were an actual recognized student club, right? I believe, right? So you could you could get some budget money and we would ask and never get anything. Uh, or not much anyway and they would buy these like really expensive dvds because they would they would release anime back then like three or four episodes per disc for like 50 bucks so if an anime series was only 12 episodes long and a lot of mar even just a 12 episode series you had to buy multiple discs i mean it could cost you you know hundreds of dollars for one series it's ridiculous so uh, over time, though, of course, anime became more popular outside of Japan, became more available, and then we had the rise of the streaming services, and so what I primarily watch my anime on now is the Crunchyroll service, and that is where I was introduced to uh, the anime I'm going to talk about tonight, the saga of Tanya the Evil. Uh, so you may know anime as those cartoons that show up on your Netflix queue, because Netflix is actually getting into the game, but they're not the biggest anime uh, you know, provider out there by a long shot. I believe Crunchyroll is probably number one in terms of, like, available stuff. Now, I was originally going to talk about Evangelion, which is a super famous and influential anime from the 90s that has not really been widely available for 20 years, and Netflix got exclusive for it, and I started rewatching it. But that's a very deep anime, <laughs> so uh, I didn't really want to get into that right now. And I got kind of hooked on rewatching the Saga of Time Evil because it's an anime from 2017. I got hooked on it because I had never watched the English dub. There used to be, maybe there still is, a bit of a debate about whether subs, you know, subtitled or dubbed, English dubbed, are better or best, whatever. Uh, I'm not in that stupid conflict. I like anime both ways. Normally, I watch um, stuff subbed because I tend to watch them. Uh, on Crunchyroll, which is primarily uh, subtitled stuff, but uh, they had this one as an English dub, and it had some some good voice acting in it, and I hadn't seen it in English, and so I was rewatching it, and you know, when they dub an anime, it can be a very different experience from when you subbed it, because everybody, all the all performers have their own take on the characters. I mean, all, usually they're similar, you know, in, in broad strokes, but there, they can be quite different, quite quite a lot of differences in nuances, or also in translations can can affect how certain things come across. So I like watching the same series that I really loved in both subbed and dubbed when it's when possible, and kind of compare the two. So I also know that Saga of Tiny Evil was a uh, 
has a movie that came out that I haven't seen, and I don't know how to access that legally yet, but I really want to watch it. So, what is The Saga of Tiny Evil? It is based on a Japanese light novel series. Um, light novels are exactly what they sound like. They're very, they're like little novels you can get in Japan. And they make a lot of anime off of them. <laughs> it actually has a real, a real definition. Um, a light novel is a style of Japanese novel, primarily targeting high school, middle school students. And it's, uh, it, yeah, it, they're usually kind of like 50,000 words. And, you know, they often have the types of storylines that appeal to, you know, into Japanese high school, middle school students. So I should tell you something. Anime is really popular in the West, and, and a lot of the stuff is technically aimed for, like, high school students. But I think they have a different view in Japan, maybe, of what is appropriate sometimes. Uh, compared to here, because a saga of tiny evil is is definitely not like a kids friendly type of program at all, and it's actually called in J- Japan. Uh, I'm gonna horribly mispronounce this because I don't speak Japanese, but like Yojo Senkai or something like that. Literally, like the military chronicles of a little girl. But I like the saga of tiny evil because that's a better name in English anyway. And it's uh, it's one of these anime in the isekai genre, which is when someone is like transported from our world to another world but it has an interesting twist on it so in this one i i really got hooked on it because the story follows literally an unnamed atheist japanese salaryman like a middle a middle-aged guy he's a real kind of jerky stickler for bureaucracy like i think he works in hr the series starts with him firing some poor schlub uh and then when he's standing waiting for his train the guy gets his revenge like pushing him onto the tracks as a train is coming up and then a moment before his death time freezes in the anime and literally god or something calling himself god talks to him and is like upset that the, like the world has lost faith in the god or the gods and apparently in the main story in like the light novel it goes into more detail there's like a whole bunch more like theolo- like um deity characters or something but in the anime it's just basically the one the one thing and uh, essentially, this guy being an atheist doesn't believe he's talking to God, and uh, starts like a pissing match with him. Essentially, and he's like, "I don't need you. Never needed you. We live in a world of science and uh, and rationality." And so, uh, he and he won't even admit to the guy is the the thing that stopped all time and everything before his death is God of a, or of any kind because he does not have any faith. And so he calls him being X. So that's what he refers to, to him in the anime. So the whole basically at premise the anime. Is this Japanese salaryman, uh, being X, as it were, or God, whatever you want to call it, decides that uh, because he's basically pissed off at this guy <laughs> for not having any faith and for the wor- in the world not having enough faith in him anymore, he and for just being a jerk, <laughs> he I guess he he sentences the guy to be reborn, to be reincarnated in a world that's kind of similar to World War One Europe, but with a lot of mixed concepts from World War Two. And she's kind of like uh, reborn into a, a body of a of a girl too, uh, so it goes from a male Japanese salaryman to the idea being that like he's gonna go into a world where he has none of the advantages that he had in here. He's gonna be a small, um, poor orphan girl in like 1920s alternate history Earth in like the equivalent of Germany. And uh, the only thing about this, though, is that magic exists in this alternate world, of course. And so uh, she ends up having magical 
abilities, which was why she ends up going into the military, because obviously if there's magic in the world, the military uses it, so she becomes a mage. So, um, and, uh, oh, and, and the other thing is she has to basically survive as long as possible, because um, if she doesn't regain her, f- or have faith in being X or whatever, if she dies, then um, she'll, I guess... It just says that she won't be reincarnated again. I don't know if that means she'll cease to exist or go to hell or something. I've seen different interpretations of it. Uh, because she was, you know, in a previous life as a Japanese salary man, he was a real, <laughs> real a-hole, apparently. Uh, you don't really get a lot of that in the anime, but apparently in the other other um, media, they go into more of that, I guess. But <clears throat> so, she, so her whole goal is she just wants to lead an easy, kind of safe life and not die. You know, and so uh, the the anime is great though because it's a mix of like military tactics and action mixed with magic, and then uh, that like with this undercurrent of this pissing match between her and, and like Being X, and every once in a while Being X will come up, come will like show up, uh, usually kind of puppeting something like a like a like a Nutcracker at one scene, and just talk to talk to her and freezes time and everything. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we'll like screw with her, and so uh, it's what's funny is like every time she gets close to having an easy life, like she starts out and she gets this, she has this aptitude for magic, so she joins the military and she rises quickly because she tries to be the perfect soldier, which she thinks is a perfect soldier, um, so that she will rise quickly because her previous life she was a bureaucrat, she knew how to work the system, so she just follows the rules very very strictly and has this high aptitude for magic, and so she she rises up there. And when uh, she does a really good job in her first, like, you know, this, like, I think it's actually a training thing to turn into a real battle. When she does well, they, like, they promote her, and she's like, oh, okay, now I'm going to have an easy life. And then instead, you know, things get, uh, Being X intervenes again, uh, and she ends up, she ends up testing this uh, specialized equipment, and, uh, and it, it, like, doesn't work well. And then so she eventually convinces her superiors that, you know, this, this equipment sucks. Uh, let's not do this. So, she, so she's about to show, they, they say, fine, we're going to scrap the project. So she's about to go to behind the lines and, and she's going to go be, have an easy life. And so, of course, being X intervenes and makes it work. You know, so basically it's like that. Throughout the series, every time she's about to be on the path to easy street, uh, being X inter- intervenes and everything goes to hell. And it's great. And so in this world, in this not Germany, they're at war with their neighbors who are, you know, like not Europe. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and it's kind of like the, the precursor to the, like a world war. Like throughout the series, more and more power is kind of getting involved, uh, including like a version of the United States at some point. And then, you know, it becomes like a world war or it's moving towards a world war. And uh, so she just kind of single-handedly because she has all of this knowledge of like 21st century our world as well and so she and she understands like military tactics really well apparently or she she studied it really well and she's like really powerful magic aptitude so she basically gets this like she gets this uh, the the superpower gem that gives her like un- unbelievable like um power on the battlefield except that being x curses her because she still doesn't have faith to say that every time she uses she has to pray so it's 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 a very amusing show because like every time she has to use her gun, you know she has to come up with this elaborate prayer, and then she like gets the immense power that lets it work because it's a miracle. You know it's because it's because it's just all these ways of trying to give her faith and it doesn't 
work at all. But instead, she just kind of, she's just kind of like this this little like I think she's nine years old in the anime, like nine ten years old, a little blonde girl, and she's just like horribly ruthless. You know, like like the first episode or, or second episode. There's there's a mild spoiler for the second episode, but in like the first episode, she's so I think I think it's the first episode. There's some uh, some people under her command or like displease her, so she has them transferred to a pillbox, and then they get blown up off screen. <laughs> and when she finds out about it, she at she it's it's pretty much revealed that she intentionally did that, knowing that they were going to be a target. Because she doesn't, she believes in a, a, a strict meritocracy. So she's a, a kind of a ruthless bastard of a character, but it's super entertaining of a show. And what's really funny is that every time she tries to be ruthless and terrible, and you know, in order to, uh, you know, in order to get out of whatever situation she's on the front lines, it doesn't work. It's like it just merely inspires people further to be more nationalistic and more like gung-ho to go to war like she just keeps kind of rising through the ranks gaining more authority going on harder and harder missions uh and uh it's it's very entertaining i watch it because i really liked i like the premise because i think it's a fun hook for an anime uh and it's just fun to think there's this this middle-aged salary man who's in trapped in the body of a little of a little girl fighting a war in like world war one germany eh, not germany with like super powered magic abilities, it's weird, and that's what I like about anime. Sometimes you get these really, you get often <laughs> very weird premise uh, premises for a show that you would never see in real life, uh, unless Netflix tries to make the adaptation. They're usually horrible. But anyway, I like about the show the premise is a good hook. It makes it very different. There's a lot of shows about some Japanese salaryman who who ends up in another world or something with like superpowers. Very very common genre kind of boring a lot but there's occasionally a really good one that'll come out and this was one of them and so the hook was good but the military tactics also got me i like military shows like more semi-realistic tactics shows like they they try to they use the ability of magic in this world not as effectively as they could but at least they do take advantage of it so they have uh mages that can fly and they're they can use magic spells to like shoot artillery from basically the rifle that kind of thing. And they have like kind of shields, makes them a little harder to kill. But they have some limitations. Again, they can't go as high as planes normally. And, uh, uh, but they have them. So imagine like World War One, and they're like, but you have like super mobile, fast moving, flying magic people. You know, and so they, they do talk about the tactics, uh, with, uh, in different, different battles. Each episode, almost every episode has a battle. Uh, and, you know, that's actually really interesting to me. I like that kind of thing. It's not the most realistic. You know, it's not the most technically you know, realistic. And the alt-history elements of it are really mixed. It's very much like a... a as I said earlier, it's a mixture of World War I, World War I and World War II era Germany and Europe. So things don't really make a lot of sense if you're trying to think of it as a strict alt-history. But if... Basically, I think the creators of it just were like, yeah, whatever's fun. And so that's what they go with, or or the the light novel author, I guess, because they're adi- adapting something, adapting something. Um, so, uh, I like this. I mean, the the anime is her being like a ruthless soldier, uh, who prioritizes, you know, being a good soldier over everything else. Um, and 
you know, and it's like, you're not really sure. At least I wasn't when I first watched it and trying to remember it. I haven't gotten through every episode. I got through most of it before I, I'm talking about tonight. I mean, you're never really sure if deep down inside she's really evil, like a terrible, like, I think she is just kind of terrible. We don't see she's just very, very self-centered. But then she 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 does things occasionally. Like, there's one point where her, her men, she's training them, and they get in an avalanche, and one of them is not breathing, and she flies in and, like, kicks them in the back and knocks the snow out of his mouth. And he's okay. And she, like, pulls up another one. So it's like, she does things, but... You're never really sure if she's actually doing it because it's the right thing to do or because she actually cares about her, her men or it's just because she doesn't want any casualties. I think it's the latter. I think she actually is kind of a terrible person, uh, you know, and she just because you can go either way on it, though, because there's always a justification. Like she could just be putting up a little bit of a front. She's not actually that terrible person. Or you could think she is just doesn't care about any of these people, but she has to make sure she doesn't look like she doesn't care. So I like that kind of that kind of um, the game you can play that little meta analysis of the anime you can play while you're uh, while you're watching it. Like, is she really that much of a bastard? Uh, but the the battles themselves I think are are really fun. The animation is great on this. The art style is like kind of dark a little bit, but it's uh, it looks really good. I think I like the styling they have. They make Tanya particularly, and and like one other character, her um, personal assistant. I think they kind of make him a little more big eyed anime person looking you know what i mean and it, it's a real contrast <laughs> because when, when you see her doing like really diabolical things they'll animate this like ridiculously over the top um evil grin it's hilarious and uh the action sequences are well animated they the use of magic and the effects they use for that are very cool and they're consistent too i mean they don't really explain how the magic system works but every time it appears it's pretty consistent so they have these devices that uh, they use somehow as part of this, but they have innate magical energy, and they can channel the magic into their bullets to do different kinds of spells, like an artillery spell or, or penetration spell, which is like kind of like a laser beam or something. Um, they can use it also some device that they're on to fly by using this this stuff. So I don't I don't know exactly how it works, but it's pretty consistent. They have the some kind of shielding defensive magic they can use and. And and every time it's animated, it's the same looking, so it makes sense. Uh, and I like that. I like internal consistency in an anime as well. So, uh, my my ultimate review of this is: I think you should definitely watch this anime if you like anime. You can find it on Crunchyroll. Uh, if you don't like anime, I mean, this is probably not the best one to, to start your journey in anime in because it is a little bit of a weird premise that you have to kind of be okay with or or not because it's, I think it's a hilarious premise for an anime, but maybe you think it's just a little too weird. I don't know. It's not necessarily like an entry level anime, but it is a really good one. And especially if you like war, uh, tactics, that kind of thing in there, an alternate history type of world. It's, It's not, it's not quite straight alternate history, but it's, it's, it's in that same vein. Uh, and, uh, so I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's really good. So if you have Crunchyroll, you can check it out. I put a link to Crunchyroll in the show notes. Uh, I don't know if I explained it very well, Saga of Tiny Evil, because there's a lot of stuff that happens. Uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but it's not like one of those anime that has, like, giant plot points. I don't even know if the character Tanya really 
changes much throughout the anime. I mean, she just she just moves up the ranks, but I don't think she really changes very much. She's still the same kind of uh, you know person. Still has no faith. Uh, she just kind of gets anger and anger at being X essentially. But uh, her influence is profound, you know. So in her her because she's there. It's it's like Germany's winning, or the not Germany's winning against the uh, not allied forces, it's almost single handedly. Uh, so it's it's good. Just you know, check it out if you if you think the premise is interesting. Link is in the show notes. And if you have Netflix, there's actually a whole bunch of good anime on Netflix, uh, which you can just watch. If you already have a subscription. I don't think Tanya is on that one. But the uh, the on Netflix, Evangelion is on there, and that's also not one I would recommend as a first anime. It is a very influential anime, but it was actually one of the first ones I watched, and it was a mind f. You know what I mean? It's a it, it, it's a really weird one, and it's been debated for over twenty years, and there's been lots of discussions. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of those ones that you should see if you're getting into anime, especially now that's available, but I wouldn't make it my very first anime because there's it's there's so much crammed in there. It's kind of hard to follow it if you're not if you're not kind of used to it, you know. So, but it's actually a precursor to a lot of to to basically all of the mecha genres like the big robots and kaiju battles, that kind of thing in anime. Uh it's actually it's there's so many things that came out of that one. It's it's worth watching if you get into anime. Okay, so I don't have any kind of special code for Crunchyroll or whatever, so uh, I should probably do that, right? <laughs> they give all those codes, right? No, nah, I don't have any special code or anything, so it's just a straight-up link. So you can go, and often you can watch these things with some commercials for free. I don't know. Uh, and if they... Or, or, you can buy, or you can get like one of the, um, the accounts. It's actually cheap. Okay, so that's going to be it. I've been talking too much. Saga of Tiny the Evil. That is... One of my favorite anime from a couple years ago, 2017. It's widely available now on Crunchyroll and probably elsewhere that I don't know about. There's a movie that I have yet to see. If you've seen the movie, let me know if it's any good and where the heck I can f- see it legally. As I, you know, I only like to see this stuff legally. Uh, so, okay. And that's going to be it for tonight's Daily Cron for Monday, June 24th. If you'd like me to keep talking about anime... Um, well, I probably will at some point, <laughs> regardless of your opinion. But if you would like to voice your opinion, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Stolton. There's a link to like an email form on the website, as well as the archive of previous episodes, social media links, uh, all that good stuff. All my stuff is tagged, too, so if you find a topic you're interested in, you can click the little tag and see other episodes where I talk about that same topic, like anime, WWDC for Apple people. Um, Jenkintown stuff for local people. Like, all that stuff is tagged on there, and you can even create your own little custom RSS feed. If you know what I'm talking about, then you can figure it out on the website. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry. Just click the big, big subscribe button and, and just listen to the ones you want to listen to. Okay, that's going to be it. Talk to you tomorrow. Later. <laughs>